of the unique features of the Living Church of Jesus Christ is its ever-expanding body of fundamental spiritual knowledge about man's identity and purpose, which enlarges the memory of this people. Scripture declares that ye should consider on the blessed and happy state of those that keep the commandments of God. For behold, they are blessed in all things, and if they hold out faithful to the end, they are received into heaven and dwell with God in a state of never-ending happiness. We come having prayed and prepared. For many of us, there are pressing worries and earnest questions. We want to renew our faith in our Savior Jesus Christ strengthen our ability to resist temptation and avoid distractions. We come to be taught from on high. The purpose of this and every general conference is to help us to hear him. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 34 of Conference Talk. <laughs> I don't know why I keep doing it fast. It's not Fast. We know it's not fast. It's, it's just loud. <laughs> um, anyway. Today, we are discussing the talk by Elder Ronald A. Rasband of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles titled, Recommended to the Lord. And this is a very special talk. Um, Why? Why is it special to you? I think it's special to any earnest disciple of Jesus Christ because there's so many times in life that we get caught up in the day-to-day and just like, hey, where am I at? You know, am I doing all that I can do to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? to call myself a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I feel like the the message to me in this talk was if you can, uh, if you have in your possession and are worthy of a temple recommend, you can call yourself an earnest disciple of Jesus Christ. And you have an opportunity to do more after that. Like anything else on top of that is gravy, so to speak. Right. So can I add in my thoughts? Of course. (laughs) Well, so I decided to, I listened to this talk like a a week ago when we should have recorded it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, then I listened to it again this morning when I was on a run and, um, immediately I was like remembering all the things I had remembered when I listened to it the first time. Um, and then he brings up in the very beginning of the talk, Elder Rasband, his uh, father-in-law, Blaine Twitchell. And he talks about how his father-in-law had a temple recommend interview um, basically right before his passing, like when he was yeah. about to pass away. On his deathbed. Mm-hmm. And Immediately, I was reminded of my grandma because my grandma had stage four cancer and she she had hospice care because 
there was no, she couldn't, she couldn't fight it. Like she was, she was going. And so, um, I remember she said two things to me. One, she had someone read her the Book of Mormon every day before she passed. Cause she said she had to be ready to share that in the spirit world. Cause she didn't know she's going to have the physical scriptures there. She'd have to remember it or not. And then the second thing was, she said, I need a temple recommend interview. And she had one and she, she said, I want to be prepared to meet my maker is what she said. And she used that temple recommend as a way for her preparedness to pass over into the next life. Uh, Cause she knew sh- she was going, she always said she'd live to be a hundred, but she didn't, you know, maybe a hundred and spirit years or something, but <laughs> um, we knew she was going. And so, those are two. It just brought me back to that because the same thing with this man, Blaine Twitchell, I think when you realize the importance of having a temple recommend and what it means, you realize that it's a, it's almost a way to measure. I don't want to say it's like a, it's not a formula, but like it's a way to kind of measure where you're at in your, in your discipleship. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I know that every, every temple recommend interview I've ever been in, has been because I knew going into it that I was I was ready to answer those questions honestly and appropriately it was just a I guess just like it was so I don't want to say it was casual it was just easy <laughs> and I went in and I felt such warmth from the bishop or the member of the state presidency. And then I remember my favorite one was the the one that we did together before we got married and sealed. We mm. met with the state president. Oh yeah. And we we did it separately, didn't we? Yeah, you went in first and then you came out and brought me in. I don't think that's true. I think you went first. What? Not that it really matters. But I just I, know one of us went, then the other one got brought in, and then the other one left. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that you went first because when I went in, he said something to the extent of, man, you've your, your uh, fiancé is really excited to get married or something <laughs> like that. So... Um, but yeah, the, the reason I bring up my experiences with the Temple Recommend interview is that it's always been so such a precious opportunity to bear my testimony. Hmm. And, you know, this is a person who he he represents the Lord. If you can answer those things to him, then you would be able to answer them to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And maybe even vice versa. If you if you couldn't look your savior in the face and answer those questions confidently, honestly, um, earnestly, then you shouldn't be in that interview. You should get some things straight and and make sure that your relationship with the savior is solid before being there. And of course, I don't want to make it sound like um, maybe that could come off a little elitist. I only say that just because 
you do have to, you, you can't say, oh, I'm sitting down with, because your, your bishop could be like your uncle. The stake president could be somebody that you've known forever. He could have been your, your Boy Scouts leader or something. It's not your Boy Scouts leader. It's not your uncle. It's not just some guy. It is a representative of the Lord in that moment. So I know this is like going off course from the talk, but I wanted to read the temple recommend questions. Can we do mm, that? I would love for us to do that. So these are um, the interview questions that were updated this past year, mm-hmm. I believe. So the first one is, do you have faith in and in testimony of God, the eternal father, his son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost? Two, do you have a testimony of the atonement of Jesus Christ and of his role as your savior and redeemer? Three, do you have a testimony of the restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Four, do you sustain the president of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as the prophet, seer, and revelator, and is the only person on the earth authorized to exercise all priesthood keys. Do you sustain the members of the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles as prophets, seers, and revelators? And do you sustain the other general authorities and local leaders of the church? Five, the Lord has said that all things are to be done in cleanliness before him. And then it references Doctrine Covenants 4241. Do you strive for moral cleanliness in your thoughts and behavior? Do you obey the law of chastity? Six, do you follow the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ in your private and public behavior with members of your family and others? Do you want to read the last few, starting with seven? You got it. Do you support or promote any teachings, practices, or doctrine contrary to those of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? Number eight, do you strive to keep the Sabbath day holy, both at home and at church? Attend your meetings, prepare for and worthily partake of the sacrament, and live your life in harmony with the laws and commandments of the gospel. Number nine, do you strive to be honest in all that you do? Number 10, are you a full tithe payer? Number 11, do you understand and obey? The word of wisdom. Number 12, do you have any financial or other obligations to a former spouse or to children? If yes, are you currently in meeting, are you current in meeting those obligations? Number 13, do you keep the covenants that you made in the temple, including wearing the temple garment as instructed in the endowment? Number 14, are there serious sins in your life that need to be resolved with priesthood authorities as part of your repentance. Number 15, do you consider yourself worthy to enter the Lord's house and participate in temple ordinances? There's a lot of stuff there. And I think it's important to to hear those questions because the whole talk is kind of based on being recommended to the Lord based on these questions. And so I thought it would be a good idea to read them. yeah, it was definitely inspired. But that last question always gets me that mm-hmm. do you consider yourself worthy to enter the Lord's house and participate in temple ordinances? I mean, alone, no. 
you know, I'm not perfect, but with Christ, I know I am, right? Well, I want to say that, yes, there, I, I agree with what you said. I also want to include that, that there is a, an element of like, what is worthy, right? What, what does it mean oh. to be worthy and therefore be recommended to the Lord? And it's largely with, have you done, have you prepared mm-hmm. to meet or answer those questions uh, appropriately? And when you get to the temple, is there any doubt in your mind that or at this moment, when you're answering those questions, is there any doubt in your mind? Well, there is that one thing, or there's mm-hmm. that one thing that's been nagging me for maybe years mm-hmm. that I don't feel like I ever really repented. I didn't change my heart on that. Because there are things for sure that, and there's a reason why you meet with the bishop and then you go and meet with a member of the state presidency. There's two opportunities because that first one with the bishop, this is how I always felt, at least, at least with my first bishop, when I first, you know, in my first ward after being baptized, I was over at his house all the time. I knew his son, uh, you know, I was really good friends with his daughter. Like in some ways I, I didn't see him as a representative of the Lord, at least not in that early stage of my membership in the church. But then I went and talked to my, my stake president. And when he asked me one of those questions, Mm -hmm. I had to answer differently than Mm -hmm. how I answered with my Bishop. Gotcha. So um, hopefully I didn't go too off. I wasn't going off course, but Hmm. when you're saying, you know, am I worthy alone? No, we're, none of us are, are perfect and none of us are clean through our own merits. It's through the merits of Jesus Christ. But um, a- am I prepared? Have I done the work in being ready to enter the house of the Lord? Um, and since we're, we're there, if I may, mm-hmm. I'd like to kind of kind of dig into the talk a little bit. Um, when Elder Rasband he begins the talk, uh, saying or mentioning an assignment that he was on to dedicate the temple in Durban or Durban, South Africa. He says, "I will never forget the grandeur of the building, but more than the setting." I will always treasure the dignity of the people who were so well prepared to enter that sacred edifice. They came ready to partake of one of the crowning blessings of the restoration, the dedication of a house of the Lord. They came with hearts filled with love for him and his atonement. They came filled with thanks for our father in heaven for providing sacred ordinances that would lead to exaltation. They came worthy. It's important. What I love so much about that passage is that he says, although he'll never forget the grandeur of the building, and it is a beautiful 
and modest temple that they show. But the temples are not made holy because of their of the material of which they're built or even their location. It's what makes it holy is the connection to heaven once mm -hmm. dedicated. Yeah. Because in the temple which you and I were sealed in, the Oakland temple, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like a destination wedding, right? <laughs> I always say that I basically had a destination wedding. Like there, there would have been no difference getting uh, sealed and married there as opposed to being like going to Hawaii or going to some like tropical location <laughs> because it's a such a beautiful temple with like an incredible vista mm -hmm. of the what it's san francisco bay yeah right? it's beautiful just beautiful but you know what it could have been it could have been rexburg idaho just out in the middle of nowhere i would love that i love the rexburg temple it, it is it is a absolutely gorgeous temple yeah and i mean talk about like just a very powerful like okay I served my mission in and around uh, that area in Idaho, uh, southeastern Idaho, even as far as like upwards to St. Anthony. And when you're out in the Wilford area, you can see on the horizon because it's so flat, you can see the shining little light, light that is the Rexburg Temple. Yeah, I always like driving back from Idaho Falls. And when you're on the freeway on 15, you can just look out kind of when you get to St. Anthony area, you can just see it only you can see it during the day. But at night, it's cool because you just see this light, some like really bright light far off in the distance. And you're like, there's the temple. Yeah, it's cool. So, um, man, we're kind of taking a couple little, but it's OK. You know, I want to. Oh, did you have something you want to say? No, go for it. I wanted to say, uh, I wanted to read something Elder Rasband said. He said, your temple recommend reflects a deep spiritual intent that you are striving to live the laws of the Lord and love what he loves. Mm. And then he goes on to say, this is what the Lord loves. Humility, meekness, steadfastness, charity, courage, mm. compassion, forgiveness, and obedience. And you commit yourself to those standards when you sign your name to that sacred document. Then I'm going to read the paragraph right below that. Your temple recommend opens the gates of heaven for you and others with rites and ordinances of eternal significance, including baptisms, endowments, marriages, and sealings. I loved the part where you said to live the laws of the Lord and love what he loves. And what a better way to be like, you know, what would God want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> what would... Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father want me to do. Oh, I think they want me to be temple worthy and love these things, love these questions and gain testimonies of these questions and have experiences. And you love what he loves. And when you love what he loves, you, you can't really go wrong. It doesn't mean you're not going to have trials, right? But you just become more like him. And that's what we want to be anyway. So, I mean, this uh, this talk really made me miss the temple, <laughs> like, so bad. We haven't been able to go. I mean, Kevin and I 
by divine design did went to the temple like maybe days before it closed i would say like five days before it closed we were able to go do session we didn't know it was gonna be closed we just went in march and then bam it's closed and what it's been however long now march was like eight months nine months yeah ten and that's the longest i have gone in my whole life <laughs> since being endowed like i've never gone longer than a month so this is this is a long time. Even me. on your mission? Okay. Well, yeah, I guess I went longer on my mission, but no, I don't think so, Kev, because I was on my mission. I had a desire to go to the temple on my mission, even though it was no way possible. Like we are not allowed to, but I had the desire anyway. And then halfway through my mission, which would have been eight months, right? Okay. Eighteen months. What's nine months? Yeah, nine. Okay, so I guess it's about the same. But right about this point on my mission of nine months, the rule changed. And I got to go three times. Okay. So, yeah, even on my mission. Cool. Still been longer in the COVID pandemic. Um, But, yeah, the temple is amazing. It's it's where we go to be like him and be sanctified and, and feel his presence. Mm-hmm. So one of the other, I think, purposes of this talk was to, and of course, this is just for me, some people will feel differently and other people will agree. Uh, I think another purpose of giving this talk was so that the, the membership of the church, um, maybe the conversation around the temple recommend and attending the temple, we could change that conversation a little bit. Um, Elder Rasban brings up something that President Nelson said um, after hearing President Howard W. Hunter talk about in terms of, you know, it, it says it is the deepest desire of my heart to have every member of the church worthy to enter the temple. And then really whether or not they can actually attend the temple due to uh, physical or like distance and, and stuff like that, it doesn't really matter, but that every member of the church be worthy and have a temple recommend. There's a quote. Can I say it? Sure. He says, whether or not you have access to a temple, whether you have access to a temple or not, you need a current temple recommend to stay firmly on the covenant path. Yeah. And that's from Elder Rasmussen himself, right? Yes. President Nelson, after hearing President Hunter's words, he says, on that day, the temple recommend that we carry became a different object in my wallet. Before that, it was a means to an end. It was the means to allow me to enter a sacred house of the Lord. But after he made that declaration, that became an end in and of its in itself. It became my badge of obedience to a prophet of God. Hmm. And um, I think there's, there's another thing uh, that I wanted to share. Um, maybe the last thing that I really want to share was that I, I asked, why is it so important? I asked this in a Sunday school class once that I was teaching. 
I said, why is it so important to have a temple recommend even if there's no temple nearby? And, you know, there were a couple of really good responses, something to the extent of, you know, I'm ready for the second coming. Mm. If I can answer all those questions honestly and have a temple recommend, you know, um, and there's just the, that that's, that's kind of the, maybe that's even the overall thing, like the overall impression that I got was that, especially in this time when so many templars are closed, this was a really uh, tender message from an apostle of Jesus Christ that we need to think of that temple recommend differently. We need to think of our personal righteousness differently because, you know, if you ever thought that that somebody was checking boxes or keeping tabs on you, well, that's definitely not the case now, right? Mm -hmm. It definitely wasn't the case when people weren't even going to church. And I mean, we're so lucky here in our area of, mm-hmm. of Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, that we do go to church every week. There are place, plenty of places in the country that they're not going to church still. So we have to remember that uh, this is still very relevant to some people. Like your personal righteousness is completely up to you. You need to have a different perspective on that recommend, different perspective on you know, the answers, they're the questions that you could answer to the Lord himself and nobody else because you're not seeing anybody else. <laughs> yeah. I just think my closing thoughts would be that the thing about being recommended to the Lord is that, yes, it, it, it does have to do with your personal salvation, you know, having that recommend and, and being able to answer. But when you yourself, he touches on this in the talk, that when you yourself become recommended, um, you stand in place for others to have the opportunity to be recommended to the Lord. And so he says, once you do that, (laughs) once you commit to those standards and love what the Lord loves, you then are standing in place to give someone else that opportunity to do that, Um, which is amazing because – what a better way to share what you love. It's weird because you don't necessarily see, you know, we're standing in proxy for people who have passed. So you don't see them face to face. You know, you're like, you're just standing there and you're doing the work or you're being baptized for them. And it's just cool because you never know when you leave this life or when Christ comes again, how many of those people are going to greet you when you pass through and they're like, thank you so much for allowing me to have that opportunity because I fully accepted it, you know? And then the people who didn't, I'm sure they won't be thanking you because they don't care. (laughs) But it's just important because as you, as you become that disciple, you help others become that disciple in the temple and all around you. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that. It kind of goes with what I was talking about with like, don't underestimate the power of your personal righteousness Mm -hmm. because as we dig deeper into the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
we learn that there's so much that it's it's not about us <laughs> or at least it's not about us alone right it's about who we can who we can bless through our actions and how as we become more like Jesus Christ we in, in, invariably and unavoidably begin to bless other people's lives um, we get to be that light that people look to but we also get to go and lift them up mm-hmm. because we're doing exactly what Jesus would do what if the he were Lord here. loves yeah what, <laughs> and he did love lifting people up and, and serving people oh 100 percent so well guys that's it next week we got the talk that i love it's called love your enemies (laughs) talk about like becoming more like jesus christ (laughs) right right Uh, and that's this talk uh coming up next uh by president dallin h oaks Mm -hmm. man if I, I said it, I've said it before. I've said it throughout the last couple of episodes. Everything in the first session of conference was preparing you for that next talk, mm-hmm. right? So like Elder Bednar comes out and he's preparing you for things that, you know, um, Sister, what was it? Sister Craig. Craig was going to say, Sister Craig sets up Elder Cook's talk. Now we've got Elder Rasband, uh, who was prepared kind of for by Elder Cook. And now everything kind of comes to this crescendo with President Oaks. And man, I gotta say, if you if you were if you missed out on that session live, there was something about be I don't know. I guess it was just we were also in a wonderful spirit-filled home um with Aubriana in them but this talk just blew me out of the water yeah it was like an answer to prayer it answered all my questions about the pandemic and political climate it it just it was everything I wanted yeah right in the beginning and I was like how can conference get any better than this (laughs) it got better like it it got better, but you just didn't think it could. So anyway, but yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Yep. It'll be probably a longer one, but anyway. That's okay. So yeah. All right, y'all. Well, have a great week and we will talk to you next time. Bye.